Philemon is a very small letter, it's a personal letter uh, that you will find, find in the Testament just before uh, the book of Hebrews and uh, closer to the end of the New Testament, uh, coming uh, close to the end of the Bible, you'll find uh, the book of Hebrews and then just one page before that, the little book of Philemon. to do a, a, a read a few more verses than we normally would, but I want to share these verses with you to give you uh, the context of the message this morning. <clears throat> Stand with me when you find that book, and out of respect for the, the Word of God, we'll read together. I'm going to read, read, and then I'm going to ask you if you, if you would uh, to join me here in just, in just a moment. And I'm beginning in verse, verse number 1. All a prisoner of Jesus Christ and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved uh, Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier. It's presuming that this is uh, Philemon's wife's son. I think that's probably accurate, although the Bible doesn't say explicitly so. But I think, uh, in my opinion, this is his wife and son referenced here. And to the church in the house. So, uh, in, that was started in Philemon's home. He was a, a well-off man and a man of means. And, uh, and you use that to advance the cause of Christ, for which we thank for it. Verse number three. Gracious to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Now, that's a great way to open the letter. Letter, uh, letter twenty-five, verse Paul is writing to his friend Philemon, and he's, he's going to ask him something. He's going to ask him a favor of him. He's going to say, I want to do something for me. He's actually going to say, going to say no, 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 oh, this is to me, but I'm asking. I'm not expecting. I'm asking. And uh, but, but he starts the letter very kindly. He says, I pray for you, Philemon. And, and he said, I always hear about your love and faith. You've got a great testimony. And uh, everyone knows about that toward all saints. Verse 6, that the communication of faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus for we have a great, great joy and consolation in, in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. He said, man, you put a smile on my face, and I feel your love, and you do the same for God's people. God's people feel the love of Philemon. He's setting him up for what he's doing. <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, getting ready for what he's getting ready to ask. It's not disingenuous, keep in mind, that he is sort of setting the stage. Wherefore, though I might be bold in Christ to entreat, to excuse me, enjoin thee that which is convenient. In other words, uh, I, I, I could, the word enjoin means to command. I said, I could tell you to do this. But, verse 9, for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, I implore you, I beg you. I could I could tell you to do this, but I, I'm just saying, please, please do this. Yes. For love's sake, I'd rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. 
I beseech thee for my son Onesimus. Now, when Philemon got to that point and saw that name, I promise you, it's going to change. He'd been living for Onesimus. Onesimus was a runaway servant. He, he stole Philemon and took off to Rome to start a new life, wound up in jail next to the Apostle Paul. And Paul wanted him to Christ. Amen. And began to teach him and began to grow. And Onesimus said, I want to be right with God. He said, I, I, he told Peter, he'd done. He said, I know Philemon. By the way, that's Church of Colossae. Let's start in Philemon's home. And Paul said, Good night. I know those folks well. I know Philemon. My goodness. He said, Let me write a letter. I beseech thee for my son, my son in the faith. In other words, he, what he said right there is, I let her letter in this is what he said. said. Why in jail? I want him to Christ. He's my son in the faith. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds while chained, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. He said, I before it wasn't really uh, very profitable, but he said, I got good news for you. He helped you and me. Now, verse 12. Whom I have had again, thou therefore receive him. That is in mine own bowels. And that word, we, we use this word heart, sort of, sort of like in their day they use the word bowels. He said, uh, uh, he said, he said, this, if, he said, what do you say? Saying, I'm asking you this from my, from my heart. I ask you, please, please, would, would you take Onesimus back? I sent again. I'm sending him back to you. He's on his, on his way. I ask you from my heart, would you receive him? Verse 13. Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Here's what it is. He said, you know, I could have kept him here. Because the truth is, just like you've been a great, a great blessing to me, uh, uh, since he got saved, he's been a great, great blessing to me. And I, I could have kept him here. But, verse 14, but without thy mind would I do nothing. I would without your blessing. That thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity. But willingly. In other words, if, if you want to send back to be a blessing to me, I want that to be your choice, not mine. I'm not court. Uh, it's not a coercion. Uh, you might want to send him back and be a blessing to me, but that you have to make that decision. Now uh, pick, pick up with me in verse number fifteen, and we'll read the next four verses together in unison. Ready? For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou should receive him forever, not now as a servant. But above a servant, a brother beloved, especially me, but how much more unto thee, both in flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I want to take that last phrase, which is a title of message. Put that on my account. Heavenly Father, please do the power of the Holy Spirit and by allegiance to your word help the truth to be expressed in power and, and may it be understood and may it be received and may it be applied and may it bring great hope and rejoice in the heart of a, of a, of a, of a doubting saint. May it bring conviction 
to to a a false professor uh, of faith. Uh, May it bring enlightenment to the one who's yet of the gospel and doesn't understand it. May may today they understand it clearly. And uh, may a transformation take place in our lives as we rejoice, perhaps, in what you've done for us, or as some some come to know what you've done and appropriate it by faith. Bless the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. As I said while we were reading, uh, Onesimus was once served, uh, Philemon, this very devout, very devoted servant of the Lord. And a church was started in his home. His wife has a good testimony as well. And, uh, and Onesimus stole from Philemon and took off to start a new life. Uh, and uh, and uh, wound up uh, behind bars, and by divine providence, next to the Apostle Paul. Paul, great story. Amen. <laughs> oh, listen, uh, God has a way of getting us where He wants us. Amen. And put people in our path, and uh, and, that, and that's what happens. Uh, Paul begins to talk to this uh, uh, this uh, uh, young man. Paul calls himself an aged man, so just about everybody's a young at this point in Paul's life. He talks to this young man, and he tells him about the gospel of Christ. And Onesimus is saved, and he comes to find out that he knows uh, uh, Onesimus' household, uh, his, his, uh, uh, his master, Philemon, and, and the testimony of Philemon. And, and so he writes this letter. He writes this letter. There is a beautiful, I think perhaps uh, uh, arguably the most beautiful doctrine of salvation. There's many, many doctrines associated with salvation. Uh, doctrine just means te- teaching. There's many wonderful truths attached to the doctrine, the whole body of teaching concerning salvation. But I guess probably if I, if I, if I chose faith, it would be the doctrine of imputation. Now, if you don't know what that word means, don't worry about it. <laughs> imputation. It means to charge to an account. To charge an account. You have your uh, Bible open here to Philemon. I don't want you to lose your place. But but I would like to turn with me to Psalm 32. Keep your finger in in Philemon. And go all the way to the Old Testament. And you'll find uh, several places, even in the Old Testament, this doctrine highlighted. And um, and we find in Psalm and 32. And... um, and uh, verse number one, Psalm 32 and verse number one. The Bible will say, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit is no God. There's no God. Look at that phrase. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. In other words, blessed is the man that God does not charge to his account his own iniquity. The Bible said, always oh, like I've gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity is when we do what, what we would right to do instead of what, what God says is right to do. Even if it seems like a good thing, it's doing our own thing. And uh, in, in that way, all of us turned away from our God. And the Bible said there's a blessing that's available, uh, and the blessing being that our own iniquity, our, our own badnesses, our own sins, are not charged to our account. They're not imputed to us. My, oh my, oh my. What if there, if there were a way where all, all of the sins on my record in heaven, the lies, 
the pride, the bad temper, bad thoughts, the unkind words, the long list of dirty, dirty sins. What if there could be a way where all that list of sins on my life was somehow not not, not uh, put on my account, not recorded against me, and put on somebody else's account? Oh my, oh my, if there was a way, what a blessing that would be. What a blessing that would be. Take your Bibles and keep your fingers in Hebrews and turn to Romans chapter 4 in the New Testament now. Romans and chapter 4. What, What shall we see then? That Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh, have found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. True, does not just Abraham. That's true for all of us. Look at it for a moment. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace means unwanted favor. You didn't earn it. God's going to be good to you. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is just a word. A synonym is to be believed. Synonym would be trust. Uh, synonym would be to rely upon. If uh, Mr. pulled up on his new uh, motorcycle here for the church. And I didn't know about that, did you? I didn't either. Uh, anyway, but if he did, uh, hypothetical here. If he pulled up on a, on a, on a Harley David motorcycle, I said, Pastor, hop on, I'll get right. And I said, wow, man, Mr. Cook, I didn't know you had a motorcycle. He said, well, I just got, got it. Really? Yeah, yeah, just come, come up truck right over there. No, what a truck right there in the park parking lot. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. My goodness. Wow. So I didn't know you was a motorcycle rider. He said, well, I wasn't. I am now. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to ride around. I'm going to be a motorcycle rider. I said, so you used to have a motorcycle. Oh, no, 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 sir. I didn't use that. So like, how much of you do you actually do? He said, well, I'm starting this now for my first day. Hop on, Pastor. Yeah. I might say, you know, Mr. Griffith, why don't you go around the block a few, few uh, hundred thousand times, and I'll think about getting on the bike with you. Why? Because to get on the bike means to rely upon, to rest upon, to put my confidence in, to believe in Mr. Cook and his ability. Right? So, when you see the word faith in the Bible, synonyms again, again to believe on, to, to rest upon, to, to rely upon, to trust in. And so the Bible says Abraham uh, uh, was not justified by, by, uh, by his works, because he worked hard. It was justified by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you saved through faith, by trusting. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Faith to get saved is a gift from God. So for, for by grace you say through faith, by trusting, not try, trying, trusting, and of yourselves is, is a gift of God, not of works. So salvation, grace means that you didn't earn it. By grace are ye saved, saved from eternal hell, the penalty of our sins. For by grace are ye saved through trusting, through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, you don't get it by working for it, lest what? In any boast. If I could get saved by getting in that baptistry, if, if I could be saved from an eternal hell by living a good life, if I could be saved from an eternal hell by keeping the Ten Commandments, I would walk into heaven like this. 
Well, I made it, boys. <laughs> Spotlight. Ding. Right? Lest any man should boast. It's not by works. It's by trusting. It's not by the good things I do. It's by relying on what Jesus already did 2,000 years ago when he died, was buried most of the dead. And the reason it's not by that is that when you get to heaven, you get to heaven boasting? Guess what the original sin heaven has got the archangel, the light bearer, head of the music, one of three archangels in heaven named Lucifer. Guess what got him kicked out of heaven? Boasting. And you think you're going to go in because? You think you're going to go to heaven because of boasting? I don't, I don't think so. Moses says explicitly so, verse 2, If Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Oh, you, you glory in front of him. Look at me how good I am, but not before God. For what's that at the scripture? Abraham, look at it. Believed God and it, his belief, his faith, his trust, his reliance. He believed God and it was counted, there's the word again, Unto to for righteousness, that's that's to, to, uh, to impute. It was as account or counted. It was imputed. It was charged. It's like a it's like a financial term to charge to an account. And Abraham's belief, Abraham's faith, was accounted unto him for righteousness. Philemon. Paul's writing the letter. And he says in verse 17, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Here's what he says. He said, look, if we are partners in the Lord, if we love the same Lord and serve the same God, and we work together for the cause of Christ, Christ I finally name He said, I'm asking you to receive Onesimus as though it were me. I'm asking you to leave him and accept him as though it was I who knocked on your door and said, Can I take lodging? Verse 18. If he, Paul writes, if he, Onesimus, hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. Ooh, I'm about to get excited right here. Amen. Now, now we know he does. We know Onesimus has done Philemon wrong. And Paul, writing this letter, he said, Now, Philemon, listen. I want you to receive Onesimus just like you received him. He said, I know that he did the wrong. I know he took from him. He said, But listen, you put that on my account. You charge that to me. I will pay you back what Onesimus took. And further, he said, if there are any other expenses involved in, in taking t- back and housing him and forth, put that on my account too. Verse 19, I, Paul, have written it, in it with an own hand. I will, will replicate for just a minute. Paul had a thorn in flesh. The Bible doesn't ever specify exactly what it was, but there's, there's plenty of references in the Bible to eyesight. And so, presumably, it had something to do with Paul's eyesight. There's lots of thoughts and conjectures that have been made through history. It doesn't say exactly. It seems to me a pretty good guess that it has something to do with his eyesight because whenever Paul wrote something with his own hand, he made note of it. 
Paul uh, 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 worked through a, uh, a dictation, and he, because of his eyesight, uh, he would uh, these letters, for example, someone's dictating. He gets to this part, and he says, get the pencil. <laughs> now, here's a man that's uh, legally blind, and when he writes, uh, he writes like and it's legally blind. The letters perhaps are large, as she mentions that. Uh, you can tell by such large letters that I'm writing. They're large, obviously, a very distinctive uh, handwriting. And Paul said, I want to authenticate this letter. I want you to know for sure this is not fraudulent. Onesimus didn't take a handwriting class and copy my handwriting or something. This is me. Nobody, nobody writes like me. Verse 19, I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self. But don't forget, I'm not going to mention how much you owe me, Father. <laughs> He's putting a squeeze on me. Verse 20. Yet, yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Do my heart good. Having confidence in thy obedience. I know you're going to do the right thing, Philemon. I wrote unto thee, knowing thou will also do, do more than I. In fact, you're going to go further. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to be even better to him than I'm asking you. With all prepare me for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. I have here, my friends, in this beautiful little story, the most picture-perfect view of the doctrine of imputation. Our salvation includes some fabulous doctrines. Uh, uh, the blood uh, atonement, uh, justification. But this little piece of it, uh, imputation, it means this. It means that when I come, I have faith uh, uh, to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I am a sinner. I owe a debt. And I deserve to pay my sin debt. The, the wages of all have sinned. I'm a sinner. The wages of sin is death. The penalty is death. I deserve to pay it. I don't deserve to pay Hey, Brother Schwartz is done. I deserve pay. Brother Cook is done. I don't deserve pay. Brother Hamilton is done. He doesn't deserve pay. What I've done. I don't deserve pay. We've done, and so on and so forth. We're all individually accountable. Uh, we must all uh, stand before Christ and give account of ourselves. And so, so here I am, individually responsible for my sin. And I deserve to pay. But along comes uh, someone uh, 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 pictured it in this story by the Apostle Paul. Someone comes and says, now you owe a debt. And you owe it to this individual. And you did wrong. And you owe him. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in and I am going to offer to pay your debt for you. Listen, my dear friend. In this story, Paul represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Philemon represents God the Father. And Onesimus represents me and you and every other person ever, ever been born. Every one of us born in sin, we owe a debt we could not pay. And Jesus Christ came and paid a debt he did, did not owe. And he said, he said to the Father, He said, put that on my account. Take all of the sins of, of Onemimus. John Shook, you put your name in there. And, and take all things that he's, all the debt he's incurred by his sin. There's a wage, there's a price on sin. The sin and ultimately is death. Take the price of sin. Big, big old on list, a heavy, heavy debt, and put that on my account. Amen. Then he said this, and if there's any other offenses incurred, put that on my tab too. 
Can't you say it's a beautiful And this is where people don't understand the doctor's salvation. People say, I said, are you going to heaven? Yeah, yes. Uh, 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 sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, uh, and uh, I said, well, wonderful. How long are you saved for? Well, I, 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 as long as I keep repenting. As long as I keep repenting. Sir, suggesting is that somehow, some way, you keeping your sins confessed has some effect on your salvation. But hold on just a second. The doctrine of imputation. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. The blessing of salvation is that Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, paid it all. The blessing of salvation is that He will not impute sin to our account anymore. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He didn't just pay for all the sins of folks that, 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 that were before Him in history. He paid for the sins of all men, of all mankind. Amen? He paid for all my sins. Jesus Christ, who is in human flesh, who lives outside of time and space, knew every person that born, knew everything that every be committed. And in the confines of time, we would set this way. He died for sins past. He died for sins present. He died for sins future, the old past, present, and future with God. But you and I who live inside of time and understand it this way, He died for sins past, He died for sins present, He died for sins future. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Amen. And when I put my faith in Him as my Savior, Jesus did this. All the things that's already on His record, record all the charges, I pay for those. And if there's any more expenses incurred, I pay for that too. Amen. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He died for all my, again, in the confines of time and space, we say it this way. He died for all my past sins and my present sin and my future sins. Amen. You see, listen, you folks say, well, I, you know, if you I repent, I understand repeat the change of mind that results in a change of action. Amen. If you did change your mind, there is, there is an outward change. Amen. Change of mind that results in a change of direction. Listen to me carefully. But but the idea that in some repentance is I gotta keep I gotta keep my sins confessed. I gotta keep my sins confessed. I gotta keep my sins confessed. And if I die without, without sins confessed, well, I don't know what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do. Listen, that, that puts your salvation dependent on you. No, sir. Paul says, says he said, any future expenses. Put it on my own Amen. And thousand years ago, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he provided enough grace. To supply the need of every sister that ever lived from the, from, from, from the first form, uh, when Adam was formed in the Garden of Eden until the last person born and lives. Listen, Jesus Christ, amen. And wherever you happen to be inside this confines of time and space has no bearing on the sacrifice of Christ that, that was made inside of the confines of time and space. He's referred to in the Bible as lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. This is amazing to me, but in the mind of God the Father, Jesus Christ already died on the cross. They've ever said, let there be light. But salvation, listen, Jesus, God didn't think up salvation because he wasn't sure what to do with that to me at the end. No, sir. <laughs> the Bible talks about the four ordinate counsel, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Spirit made the plan of salvation before the world's ever even created. Amen. 
It's not a thought to God. This is God's eternal plan. And He said, I am going to take your place. I'm put the bill for you. I'm going to shed my mind. And if you'll trust me, not work for it, not try, if you'll just trust me, He said, then, then no sin will be imputed to your account. What a blessing. No past sins and no future sins. No future sins. Look what he says here. He said, verse 17, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Listen to me, my dear friend. Listen, if you understand salvation and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, God the Father no longer sees you as you are. Now we're getting out of imputation over the doctrine of justification. And justification, I'm this kid, never forgot it. You could say it this way. It means just as if I had never sinned. Say that out loud. Just as if I had never sinned. When God saves, saves my soul and cleans me up and says all your past sins washed away, no future sins recorded against record. It's going on Christ's record and Jesus' blood paid it all. Then in the eyes of God, you and I are justified. Meaning that He sees us as, as if He were looking at Himself. We are actually robed. This is represented in the uh, in the depths of skin all the way back in the Genesis when Adam and Eve were sinned and the animals were sinned and they were robed uh, in, 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 in their shame and the guilt of their sin was covered up by the animal skins. That that was a, was a picture of how you, you and I, the Bible said, are robed in the righteousness of Christ. We read it about it. Abraham, Abraham wasn't justified uh, because of his works. Works, no. He was justified and imputed to him. was the righteousness of Christ. Now watch this. That, that means when I put my trust in Jesus, all my past sins are washed, washed away. Paid for. All of my future sins go on Jesus' account, not my own. And then His... Well, I'm about to get excited. Then His righteousness is imputed to me. His righteousness, the right, righteous Christ, is, is imputed to me, and I am robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ in the eyes of God the Father in heaven because of what His Son Jesus did, and because I actually know what Jesus did. I now am forgiven, I'm clean, and I am in the eyes of God as righteous as His own Son, Jesus Christ. What a salvation, man. Can you imagine Onesimus when an outdoor? Onesimus, he knew what he had done. He knew what he deserved. He knew what justice would have meant. I knocked on that door. Wonder what conception I'm going to get. The door opened up. And true to the picture of imputation, I have no doubt, Philemon took Onesimus, embraced him. Welcome home, friend. Welcome. Why? Because Onesimus deserved it? No. No. Because they had a mutual friend whose name is the Apostle Paul. Amen. Do you know what the Bible says? Let 
us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do, do you know what opened that holy place? The Bible said it was the blood of Christ. The blood of the animals could not suffice, but the blood of Jesus Christ was shed on Calvary. And when Jesus died on that cross, he, he cried, It is, is finished. When that happened, there was a bu- bunch of just got saved on Calvary Day. A bunch of them, Bible says. Why? Those men that ministered in the temple, many of them were saved. Why? Because all of a sudden, at 15 feet wide, 40 feet high, the old thick veil that separated holy places from the holy of holies, it tore the Bible from the top down. God the Father reached down and said, because of the blood of my son shed on your, your behalf, he said, we don't need this anymore. And he rent the veil, amen, and therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, when I get to heaven, there'll be open arms for me. I have an audience with the king, amen. I get to go right straight to the throne. I get to worship my God, the Father me, not because I'm worthy, but because Jesus Christ is worthy. That is what makes work salvation so so satanic, so wicked, and so vile. If salvation has has anything to do with my behavior, what I have done, or what I have not done, if getting it or keeping it has anything to do for me, then it is grounds for boasting, and the very sin that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. You think it's going to be reintroduced when God lets me to the end? I, I said my prayers all the way to the end because I kept all the kept all the commands all the way to the end. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Salvation is the way what you realize that has nothing to do to do with me. It's not this. Uh, it's not my goodness. It's not I turned over a new leaf. No, sir. No, sir. It's this this letter that I have in my hand, and somebody uh, said, uh, "I'll pay the price." And you put all the all the charges on my account, and any future put that on my account and receive him as you would receive me. And you and I that are born again received not on our own merit. But because the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to our account. What a salvation. Why wouldn't we want to live for such an one as this? You know what I think? I think a mess was back home. And I bet you. I don't bet on Sundays, but I bet you. I bet you he became the best servant I in had. Don't you? I, 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 let me wait. I don't bet. I'll wait. <laughs> that Philemon found in Onesimus a better servant than ever he had. Why? Because someone else brought them to each other. Are you saved today? Are you saved today? Don't you think that you and I owe something more? Than just a little, a little tribute here once in a while. Do you think that the Savior who paid the penalty for our sins deserves us to be completely devoted to our God? Listen to me. To me. It, 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 Paul did this. He said, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice." This is your reasonable service, based on what Christ did. so we could be forgiven and clothed in His righteousness. It is not unreasonable for him to expect to live a completely devoted 
life. Would you bow your heads, please? Put that on my account.